I'm Jim Brown. I'm your Bible teacher here at Grace and Truth Ministries. I put a title on the board. I can't even begin to explain it all, not in one lesson. The end of time has to do with the 70 weeks of Daniel and every upheaval in governments in the world, and we've got it everywhere. The Middle East is definitely... Uh, everything is pointing towards Israel in the Middle East. There's going to be a group of nations all over the world, all over the Middle East. And if you read the 38th chapter of Ezekiel, you'll see these nations. I've never found this map in any other book. I bought a uh, Zondervan and P- Pictorial Encyclopedia, one volume, right after I started preaching in about 1962 or 63, I still have it. I've found other Zondervan Pictorial Encyclopedias that were old like that, and they didn't have this map in it. That's the only place I've ever found this map. It was a Zondervan Pictorial Encyclopedia, one volume. They've made it five volumes now. Now it comes in, I don't know if they've added more to it. But uh, when you read that that 38th chapter of Ezekiel, it talks about Mizraim, Meshach, Tiras, Javan, Tubal. You can see that this is Turkey, Western Turkey, Eastern Turkey. Tobolsk, Russia is right here above the Black Sea, right there about where my, well, Tobolsk, wait a minute, Tobolsk is down here, Tubal. And it talks about Togarma, talks about Gomer, that's Russia, Turkey, that's it talks about Madai. Madai is these are all sons of Japheth. This is Japheth's sons. Or should I say Caucasian sons? And it will talk about it will talk about Elam, Ashkenaz. Ashkenaz, this over here, is what we call uh, Iran. And down here, and Iran is ancient Persia. And then you've got Babel here on the Euphrates River. It talks about Babel. Here's Iraq, Madai. And all of these, there's Magog. Magog has to do with these. You see, there's there's a mountain range that goes through here. That's the Caucasus Mountains between the Black Sea, Black Sea and the Caspian Sea. This is Israel right here on the eastern end of the Mediterranean. All this is the same thing in the ancient world as right here. This is... This is what we would call it. We'd call this in the world of the Roman Empire. But that's that's the same thing as this right here. 
and it gives you put, Mizraim. It brings out all these names because those are the sons of Japheth, the sons of Cush, and the sons of of uh, Canaan and Ham. And how all of these nations are going to come together as one conglomerate at the end of time. And they're going to attack Israel. It looks like this is really beginning to happen because over here in Afghanistan, which is Ashkenaz, which would also be Persia, I've got a, I'll give y'all one of these maps. I've got it in color. And it's the only place I ever found this map. You cannot figure this out if you're reading it. It talks about Gog and Magog. Magog is these mountains. This is the Caucasus Mountains. Magog and Gog comes from the word Caucasus. Let me read something to you. Those, let me say this, and it's something you need to understand. All these nations have attacked Israel separately. They've all attacked Israel through the decades, through the millennia, separately. But they have not all come together. They haven't all come together and in one one group and attacked Israel all at once. And that's what Ezekiel, the 38th chapter, says they're going to do at the end. And it looks like with this Taliban takeover of Afghanistan, which is a part of ancient Persia is. You remember Babylon, Persia, Greece, Rome, those that was the beast that overrun Israel and carried them off into captivity. Well, Persia, of course, Babylon here, Babylon is right here. Well, let me flip over there. I'm trying to get you to see something. Babylon is this shape right here. But that is actually Iraq. And you've got, on the other side of Iraq, you've got everything that's a stand. Pakistan, Afghanistan, Turkestan. All these stands together are ancient Persia. And it speaks of Persia and her bands. I didn't intend to start with this, but I'll just introduce you to it and come back to it. Let's go back over to... And this has to do with the 70 weeks of Daniel. Go back to Ezekiel, the 38th chapter. Now, I hope this scares you. <laughs> it should, because... Let me see here. I've got everything stacked up here. I've got to remove some things. I've got so many papers on this, I never know... Where to go? All right. All right, hold on. 
Y'all stick with me and don't leave me. I've got so many things I want to say. I'll tell you where you can get... I've never seen this map before anywhere else. I actually took it to a printer, and I wanted a printer to make it up, and he said I couldn't do it because it was... uh, uh, it was under some kind of publishing, uh, had a some kind of number. It was I couldn't I couldn't publish it, but people don't know anything about Gog or Magog. The only place I've got thousand books, a couple of thousand books in my library at my house. The only place I've found anything on Gog and Magog that's extensive is in McClinic and Strong. You can look up Gog and Magog, and I'm going to read something because Gog and Magog has to do with these Caucasus Mountains right here. That's the same thing it's showing right here. The Caucasus Mountains kind of connect the Black Sea and the Caspian Sea. Here's Israel. So when Israel was carried away north, you will probably wonder, when Israel became a nation, why did so many people start migrating back to Israel from Russia? Because this was called Georgia. This is called Georgia up here in this area here. When they did away with the Soviet Union, all these states started separating, become separate states. This down here is Georgia or Armenia. That is, in the ancient world, it's the Caucasus Mountains. Caucasus, it's hard to define Gog and Magog unless you have some information on it. And I've got some right here. I made a copy out of McClinic and Strong, and this is the copy of Gog, it's Gog is on one page, and I got Magog on the other. Gog and Magog was the ancient enemies of God. Let me read this to you, and I've read it before. Gog, you see, Gog is derived from the title of ancient pagan heathen kings called Agag. You remember when David was told to go down to, I mean, not David. Saul was told to go down to Amalek and kill all the people in Amalek. Amalek was down here. This is the Sinai Peninsula. I don't know how people teach without maps. This is the Sinai Peninsula. This is Egypt over here. This is the Mediterranean Sea. All of the Bible, everything in the Bible has to do with the Mediterranean Sea over here to um, Afghanistan, Pakistan. I wish I had them included. So when God told told Saul, you go down to Amalek. Amalek is right in the top of this Sinai Peninsula. The Sinai Peninsula looks like a V there. And when they left Egypt, they came across the Red Sea, and the first people that attacked him without any provocation was the people of Amalek. 
So 180 or 200 years later, God is telling Saul, you go down to Amalek, kill everybody in Amalek. And Saul didn't do that. He didn't do what God said. And when Saul came back to Israel, he brought a bunch of the sheep and a bunch of the cattle. And God had said, kill everything. Why would he say kill everything down there in Amalek? Because only one people in all the earth was practicing all these dietary laws, all of these laws of quarantines, getting away from disease. Uh, If you had leprosy, you had to get outside the city, outside the town, live by yourself for seven days until either it got white or it got yellow if it was in your head. And that way they would be able to tell if it was something that you could catch. If it was... So when he didn't go down there and he brought back the king with him. And remember the king's name? His name was Agag. And that had to do with Gog. Let me read this to you. This comes out of McClendick and Strong and I rewrote some of it myself. As to the signification of Gog, it appears to mean mountain or the Caucasus Mountains. It's from the Persian. Remember, Persia is not some mysterious thing. It sits right where Iran, Afghanistan, Pakistan, all of that is over here. It's away from, this is Babylon on the Euphrates River. You've got to get a view of these things to be able to remember them. As to the signification of Gog, it appears to me mountain from the Persic or the Persian language, Ko, K-O-H, K-O-H, and it's from the Persian Ko and the ascetic G-H-O-G-H. G-H-O-G-H. Gog. I-E, or that is to say, mountain. Even the classical name Caucasus originated from Kalkoff. K-A-K-O-H. K. O H K A F. Kalkaf. And we get the word Caucasus from that. And the Caucasians were the Assyrian people and they were the most barbaric people that ever lived. Since Caucasus was the chief seat of the Scythians. Now, the Scythians were in that area right here. They were some of the most barbaric people ever lived. The Scythians were here. They were considered heathens, barbaric. They lived on horseback. And they would they were much like the American Indian. They would they would ride without a saddle. And they could ride like the wind and fire a bow, shoot a bow and hit hit any target they wanted to hit. And they would just butcher and slaughter and 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 go into an area and just level it and uh, 
But let me read the rest of this. These people settled in the Caucasus Mountains directly north of Israel. That's why when Israel became a nation, May 14, 1948, so many of these people were coming back from Russia. They found a village up here between the Black Sea and the Caspian Sea, and the name of the village was Jericho. Evidently, some of the people had been carried from Israel up here named it Jericho. That was an Israel town. Now, these people settled in the Caucasus Mountains directly north of Israel on the Upper Mesopotamian Valley. Upper Mesopotamia. Mesopotamia is an ancient word that means between the rivers. And that's exactly what Babylon was. It was between the Euphrates and the Tigris River. It was between the rivers. I didn't. I heard of Mesopotamia when I was a kid in elementary school. I had no idea what that's talking about. If somebody said it to me and had a map up there, I said, "Oh, not so hard to understand, is it?" And if you know that all the Bible lands that the Bible speaks of, this is a picture of it right here. The Babylon beast, the Persian beast, Persia was Iran, Afghanistan, etc. So Persia overthrows Babylon, and Persia is overthrown by Greece, and Greece is subjugated by Rome. And everything, that's why the beast comes up out of the sea. It's not even hard to understand. It comes up out of the sea because they rule on the sea, on the Mediterranean Sea. And they believe demons were in the sea. We don't believe in demons here. Then he says, uh, let me see here. The further north between the Black Sea and the, the Caspian Sea and the Black Sea which is currently called Armenia or Georgia, a state of the now-defunct Soviet Union. The hardening of the last sound H into a G, Gog, from Kol. Gog. Gog comes from K-O-H. Gog. Now you're going to find that Gog and Magog was the headquarters for the Caucasus Mountains and for the Assyrian Empire. Now, let me continue reading. The hardening of the last sound H into a G, Gog, this is out of McClinic and Strong, from Kohl, K-O-H, seems to have taken place early, and when the name had already become that of a people, the other names Magog and Agag arose. Another explanation from the pelvic coca meaning moon. And all these people were moon worshippers. When we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world. Who? What was that? What ruled the darkness in Genesis, the first chapter? was the moon. And in the, among all those Arabic countries, what's on their flags 
is the crescent moon. And one of the moon words for moon is one of the words moon actually means white. I've said this before and I'll say it again. I do not believe the Assyrians were called white people because of the color of their skin. I believe they were white people because they worshipped the moon, which meant white. They worshipped the white. So if, and those people over there, when we wrestle not against flesh and blood, we get against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. The high places were the mountains outside of a city where they kept their moon goddesses or their tree gods, and the tree god was identified with the moon tree. According to Renege, some of the Caucasian people call their mountains Gog, and the highest northern points, Magog. Magog means region of Gog. The second son of Japheth in Genesis 10 and 2, 1 Chronicles 1 and 5, Noble, K-N-O-B-E-L, a historian, K-N-O-B-E-L. He is a historian. You'll see him quoted all through McClinic and Strong and other encyclopedias. Noble says that Magog comes from the Sanskrit ma or maha meaning great and a Persian word signifying mountain which case the reference would be to the Caucasian range between the Black Sea and the Caspian Sea and that is going moving up into Russia. The terms Gog and Maghav and Mog let me write that down. Let me erase this title I can do without that. I'm going to get back to that if I can. So he says the terms, the terms, G-H, G-H, O-G-H, Gog, and M-O-G, H-E-F. They were just hardening these, the G's, the H sounds to a G. These are still applied to some of the heights of that range of the Caucasus Mountains. That's Russia. Hitzig, another historian, Hitzig, I've read into, run into him in all kinds of books. Hitzig. Z-I-G. He's a common historian. If you've read anything, you've run into Hitzig. Hitzig connects the first syllable with the Coptic ma, meaning place. Ma, meaning place. And the Sanskrit maha, meaning land. So he connects it with maha, meaning land. And the second with the Persian root, when you think of Persia, think of Iran, Afghanistan, Pakistan, all those stands. 
with the Coptic Ma place or the Sanskrit Maha meaning land and the second with the Persian root Koka K-O-K-A this is the way languages develop even if, if you read if you have an old copy of an English Bible out of 1611 before they just as they're releasing the King James Bible anytime you see something that looks like a V it's a U even we've developed to that point in our day and time land and the second Persian root Koka Kokov the origin of Caucasian meaning the moon as though the term reference to moon worshippers and that's what they were that's what that's what that's what uh, two Babylons Mr. Hislop says says they worship the Lord moon moon worship so we rest, when we wrestle with rulers of the darkness we're worshiping the moon worshippers and these were the Babylonish people that said let us make us a name remember that let us make us a name so what we're wrestling with when we're wrestling with moon worshippers we're wrestling with proud people I do not believe that the devil is hovering around the air out here and trying to find a place to get into somebody I believe Satan is in everybody it's that outer man I was with some preacher on the radio today and he's talking about Satan's trying to get into somebody no he's not he's already there in the outer man and I, that I recall in your mind Allah the Lord Moon Allah meant the Lord Moon A-L-L-A-H and Allah A-L-A-N is the word tree in Isaiah 44 we'll get the word Allah from that let me go let me go on here and may I recall to your mind Allah the Lord moon and the moon being the ruler of the darkness in high places of those who love to shine above others in the darkness God resisteth the proud antitasomai he resisteth antitasomai means wage war against the proud the proud what we're fighting ourself among other people the proud God makes war with those who shine above others now what I want to do I'm not going to go through it because I've got to get back to the 70 weeks of Daniel I'm going to have to just introduce you to this let me go back to the 38th chapter of Ezekiel all I did was give you a little skeletal rundown of this of that map there this map is this map you see the Red Sea here right down here this is the same map this is the ancient names of the enemies of God and they're headed up by Gog and Magog and that is a part of Russia 
I don't believe it's our problem is going to be uh, with Russia only. I believe all these people will come together to attack Israel. And look in here in Ezekiel. This is a lot to think about. It's a lot to think about. But when you get into this way, since I kind of showed you the map, I've shown it to you before, but I haven't tried to explain it. It has to do with the Mediterranean Sea, with the beast, and with Israel. That's basically everything that's going on in the Bible. Now look here in Ezekiel, the 38th chapter. Maybe this will be easier to understand for you. 38. The word of the Lord came unto me, saying... Now the word of the Lord is Jesus, right? In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. And all things were made by the word... And the word came and dwelt among us and became flesh. Son of man, set thy face against Gog. Gog was a word that was, it meant the enemy of God's people. They called their mountains Gog. They called the highest points Magog. And they called the, the leaders by the title of their mountains Gog. And Gog, the land of Magog, the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal. Meshach and Tubal. Right there. Turkey. The chief I found by studying, and I put it on a map that I made up, Meshach and Tubal is in every beast world system. So the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal would not be their king. It would be Satan. The chief prince of Meshach and Tubal would be Satan. Now, I don't know how I got into this, but I did. And Tubal prophesied against him, against the head. There's going to be a world leader of this new world order that's coming up. And the new world order is going to be a picture of the beast world system that rules. And say, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I am against the old Gog, the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal. I'll turn thee back and put hooks in thy jaws. What God is saying, I'm going to conquer you even before he starts telling the whole story. I'm going to do the conquering of these people that attack Israel. There's some high points I'm going to give to you just so I can get back to teaching on the 70 weeks. This has to do with the 70 weeks of Daniel because this will be the final showdown of God against the enemies of Israel. And at the end of the 70 weeks, this fight is going to take place. That'll be the very end of all things. What I want to try to get people to see, I've spent a lifetime looking at this. And without the maps, you cannot be some professor 
some so-called prophecy teacher and even understand this without these maps. You can't see it. Well, look here what he says. I will bring thee forth. Well, that's very important. God says, I'm going to bring you. I'm going to put it in your minds to do what I do. I want you to do what I want you to do. And all thine army. He's talking to a people. All thine army, horses and horsemen, all of them clothed with all sorts of armor. Now, you need to understand something. When you're reading Ezekiel, you need to understand he's talking about bringing these people to war against Israel at the end of time. Well, you can't use, they couldn't use tanks and missiles in here. There wasn't any yet. So they're going to use the terminology of how these people will attack Israel. That's what this whole chapter is about. So I will bring thee with thine army, horses and horsemen. It don't mean that when they attack Israel, they're going to literally be on horses. That was their method of having spears and bows and arrows and horses and chariots to attack with, which all sorts of armor, even of great company of bucklers, that was a shield that went over their chest, and shields and all of them handling swords. Persia, hmm. Afghanistan, Iran, that's what Persia is. That's back here. Oops, wrong way. Persia. When it says Persia, it's talking about Iran, Afghanistan. Pakistan, Turkestan. There's about 10 of those stands in that area. And then let's read on. Persia, Ethiopia. Right down here below Egypt. Right down here. Ethiopia. And Libya. Oh. Here's the Bay of Libya. I've said this before. I remember when Ronald Reagan put a sanction and blockade across that Bay of Libya, that's when Gaddafi was acting up and killing a lot of innocent people. And that's Libya right there. So all of this has to do with this. Notice these are all Arab. Arab is not is not a nation. It's a brotherhood. The Arab Brotherhood, they all consider themselves brothers because they all worship Allah. Now let's keep reading. Ethiopia, Libya with them, all of them with shield and helmet. What if I said all of them with jet planes and missiles and they're going to attack Israel? Now they have attacked them individually before, but they've never had a conglomerate. You know what I mean by conglomerate? They all come together as one to attack Israel. That's never happened before. Gomer. Oh, wait a minute. That's not Gomer Pyle either. Let's look at Gomer. Oops. 
Gomer, Russia. Gomer goes all the way around here. So we're talking about, here's the Middle East. Here's Israel in the Middle East. And only Israel knew the truth. God didn't give the truth to anybody else. Now let's keep reading. Gomer and all of his bands, all of the people that go with him, all of his bands would be parts of Russia. Gomer and all his bands and the house of Togarma. How are you going to understand this if you don't have a map like this? You can't understand it, can you? No way. Togarma. Right in here. Right here, right about where Syria starts. Right there, Syria. Syria is the ancient enemies of God. Togarma. House of Togarma of the north quarters, and that's northern, north of Israel, of the north quarters, and all of his bands, everybody goes with him, and many people with him, be thou prepared and prepare for thyself, thou and all thy company that are assembled unto thee, and be thou a guard unto them. After many days thou shalt be visited in the latter years, at the end of time, thou shalt come into the land that is brought back from the sword. Oh, boy, is that that significant? All these people are going to come against Israel which was brought back from the sword. That reminds me of Luke twenty-one twenty-four. They, the Jews, shall fall by the edge of the sword from 586 B.C. And they'll be led away captive into all nations. And Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles. Until, this is Luke twenty one twenty four, the Jews shall fall by the other sword, because all the time they were a nation, they went after Baal and the grove, and Shemash and Molech and all the gods of Egypt and the gods of the Syrians. They went after all these gods, and God says, "I had my fill. I'm going to scatter you with Babylon, Persia, Greece, and Rome. Northern Babylon was Assyria." So they got together, and and in 722 B.C., and I gave you, I showed you last time I talked, or the time before last, here's all the nations that ruled Israel. I need to have this put on the screen up there. I need to have uh, Jesse do that. But these are the nations that ruled Israel. They'll fall by the edge of the sword. And that goes with this verse here uh, that is brought back from the sword. Israel was never brought back from the sword from all these people ruling them, one right after the other. I don't want to go through all of it, but 
in 70 AD, the, the destruction came by Titus, the Roman general, and his father was Vespasian, the Caesar at Rome. And Vespasian gave orders to level everything in Israel. And that was the Rome-Jew War. And and uh, there was 600,000 to a million 100 Jews killed in this in this war in 70 AD. And then one last futile attempt of the Jews to win freedom from the Romans. The reason I'm connecting the 38th chapter of of Ezekiel with this paper I gave you is because this is going to have to happen in Ezekiel 38. Ezekiel 38 at the end of the 70th week of Daniel. 70th week. I can't tell you all this all at once. All this is going on in my head. You say, gosh, that's all confusing. If you give me time, we'll get through it. I have spent a lifetime studying this. I started studying the 70 weeks of Daniel in 1964. been hearing about it since I was a little kid back in the early 50s. And I've spent my life in it. And I have studied this 38th and 39th chapter of Ezekiel. And there, this is one final showdown. It's the last sword. It's the last time. And they're all going to come together. All of these people. Madai. Tubal. You want to see these men who they are? Look at Genesis the tenth chapter. It'll give that's called Table of Nations. That is telling you all the places where that the sons of Japheth went up here into Assyria, into the Caucasus Mountains, the sons of Canaan or Ham came down here into Mizraim, put Cush down here, and and when the when the ark came to rest on the mountains of Ararat, mountains of Ararat was a string of mountains in eastern Turkey. So Ham came out and comes down here and settles down here. Japheth comes down and settles up here. Shem came out of the ark and settled down here in Haran or in Babylon area. That's why, that's why Abraham, who was a descendant of Shem, was living. Abraham. He was actually called Abram, A-B-R-A-M, until Genesis 17. And he was living down, he was a descendant of Shem who came down here and settled down here. Sometimes you don't understand that. That's why God says, comes to him and says, Get thee up out of the country from thy kindred to a land that I will show thee. And Abraham, not knowing where he went, listened to God, and he followed him, and he brought him over here, took him down to southern, what we would call southern Israel, took him down to a place called Beersheba, the most southern city in that part of the country at that time. And you're not going to know. It's like all these people that live in this land are Philistines, Hittites, Perizzites, Jebusites. They're unbelievers. 
That's why it's really hard to understand in that 22nd chapter of Genesis when Abraham calls his servant Eliezer to him and he says, you go back to the land of my fathers. Get my son Isaac a believing wife. You're not going to understand that unless you know Abraham came from over here. So there's some believers over there. And when he brings them over here, and Abraham has a son, Isaac, he said, I've got to get him a wife. But he tells Eliezer, you put your hand on my thigh, and don't you, you promise me and swear that you will not take a wife of these people in this land. They're all heathens. Go to the land where I'm from. Get my son a believing wife. He went over and said, the first one that comes out that's feeding the camels, she'll be the one. And that was Rebecca. And she was watering the camels. All of this, without maps, you can't see that, can you? You just can't understand it. Why would God have Abraham go to this pagan land, the land of Haran, to get a believing wife for Isaac? I don't know if you ever read that and questioned that, but I did when I first was reading the Bible. It's because there were some believers over there and there wasn't any over here. You get that? Did you get it? I hope you do. All right. So we went through all of this for 200 years. Let me read this again. One last futile and tragic attempt of the Jews to win freedom from the Romans. This is everybody that ruled Israel. Here, I'll give everybody a copy that wants it. I'll make copies of it and give it to everybody. One last futile attempt. You know what? This is really simple. I got this out of the Zondervan Pictorial Encyclopedia, the same book that I got this map out of. It's the first book I ever bought as a believer about 1961-62. I got these dates. I pulled it all out of an article. I pulled this out of the same book. And then he says, Rebellion of A.D. 134 by the false Messiah, Jesus Bar Kokhba. Thank you. <laughs> Jesus Bar Kokhba overwhelmingly crushed what was left of the city was, was leveled and the foundations plowed up. I read this to you before, but I've I got to read it again. Two years later, the Romans were rebuilding the city and renamed Jerusalem Alia Capitolina. All Jews were excluded for two centuries until the reign of Constantine. Then when Constantine comes in in 325 A.D., actually came in about 312 A.D., that's where he issued the Edict of Toleration, where we will tolerate everybody, we will tolerate all these hordes, They've, and all the all the generals, all the Caesars believed these hordes rampaging across Europe, the European continent, 
from the Far East, like the Huns and the Vandals and the Goths and the Ostrogoths and the Visigoths and the Burgundians and the, all of these people, they thought they were going to overrun Rome. And they did at the end of the 5th century. But it was too late then. He'd already brought Christmas into the church. So they, until the reign of Constantine, two years later, Romans began rebuilding, named the city Alia Capitolina, and forbid the Jews to go into Jerusalem with a new name. And then 614, a Persian general named King Carosus seized the city. What I'm talking about, I'm talking about they shall fall by the edge of the sword, they'll be led away captive in all nations, and Jerusalem will be trodden down of the Gentiles, and this is all the Gentiles that rode over them. This is a list of them. They slaughtered them and butchered them until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. So all the time they were scattered, they weren't being attacked by all these people in Ezekiel 38. This has to be at the end of time. Ezekiel 38. And he's talking about, let me read that verse again. God's going to call all these nations in against Israel. After many days thou shalt be visited, and in the latter years thou shalt come into the land of let me add, of Israel that is brought back from the sword. You need to write in parentheses Luke twenty one twenty four, because that says they shall fall by the edge of the sword, be led away captive in all nations until the Gentile rule is over. That coordinates with this verse right here. Talking about Israel being brought back from the sword. And be gathered out of many people against the mountains of Israel. What does that mean? He's talking about Zion. That's the that's the mountain where Jerusalem, where the temple sits. And Moriah. Mount Moriah and Mount Zion, Israel is identified as Mount Zion. Zion means sunny or light, which have been always waste, but it is brought forth out of the nations, and they shall dwell safely, all of them. Thou shalt ascend. Ascend. What does it mean They these people will ascend? Jerusalem has got the highest elevation of anything of any area over there in Israel. It sets upon a mountain, Mount Zion. Thou shalt ascend and come like a storm. Who is this? Persia, Ethiopia, Libya? What if he said Afghanistan, Pakistan, Iran, uh, all these stands? Uh, Syria, Egypt, Libya. All of these people. It looks like they're winding up to do that right now. We didn't do anything about the the Taliban taking over Afghanistan. All that began to enter into my mind as that was happening. Thou shalt be like a cloud to cover the land. All of you, Persia, Gomer, Russia, Ethiopia, Libya, 
Togarma, Syria, all those people are going to come together in one confederacy. Something as confederate as people coming together. They're all going to come together. That has never happened before. Israel has been attacked individually by all these different people. Never all at once. It looks like what happened in Afghanistan this past couple of weeks is a build-up to the end of time. Just keep watching the news, see if some more of those people begin to take over. These terrorists are not afraid to die for their cause. I don't even believe they have evil intentions. They think that land belongs to them because they possessed it from 1517 to 1917 and that's when General Allenby of the British forces at the end of World War II came in and declared them a free nation for the first time being ruled by by a uh, free nation the, the Great Britain and at the end of the war all that was turned over to Great Britain Thus saith the Lord God, it shall come to pass that at that same time shall things come into thy mind, and thou shalt think an evil thought. God's going to cause these people to think something evil. He goes into the minds of men and causes them to do what he do. That's why he said in Zechariah the fourth chapter, Not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. That's how Israel will be delivered delivered from their captivity. I'll put it in the minds of Cyrus and Darius and Artaxerxes to give decrees to go back and rebuild the temple and rebuild the city that's been destroyed by Nebuchadnezzar. Let's read this. And thou shalt say, I will go up. I'm connecting Ezekiel 38 with the 70 weeks of Daniel. I believe what happens in Ezekiel 38 is the very end. I've got a section here I'm going to read to you. It's the last four great wars of Israel. And at the last, at the end of the four great wars, it's going to come these things here. And thou shalt say, I will go up to the land of unwalled villages. They're going to think that Israel is unprotected. They're already attacking them with scud missiles. The only reason these peoples, they're not armed. Pakistan doesn't have nuclear warheads. Israel is loaded to the hilt with nuclear warheads. They got somewhere in the neighborhood of 800 nuclear missiles. 800. We had the retired colonel here and they worked with Mossad over there and I said where are those missiles he said they're on the ground usually maybe under big boulders I said what happens when if they shoot them off and those boulders are on top of them he said pop them off like a pedal, pebble he said they go up to what he called an apogee he said in that apogee that's the height of the missile he said, some of them have up to 20 nuclear warheads. This is what Israel is loaded with. 
and some of them have up to 20 nuclear warheads and they start firing those off. That's why the only thing they will do is fire these Scud missiles into blow up a marketplace or, or put a blow up a bus or a cafe or something like that. If they come up with nuclear warheads, Israel, it already looks like a moonscape over there because it's all the desert, but they'll make it look for sure like a moonscape. And they cannot handle that many nuclear power. Israel got their nuclear warheads from France. That's why if Iran somehow comes up, Iran is Persia. If they come up with nuclear missiles, I don't know how this all is going to play out. But it looks like with the Taliban overcoming Afghanistan, do you realize what that is? That is a terrorist government has overtaken a whole country. I mean, Al-Qaeda works within countries. Hamas works within countries, works within within the Palestinian people. Uh, you've got all these other terrorist organizations but taking over an entire nation that's going to encourage them to encourage all these other people to take over al-qaeda coming in starting to take over uh the other terrorist organizations coming in and forcing the hand it very well could be that al-qaeda and hamas and the rest of these organizations could be forcing the hand on these people to take over their lands and then they will all mount a push against Israel and that will be a fulfillment of Ezekiel 38. But let's... I'm simply wanting to tie this with the 70 weeks. I believe this will happen at the end of the 70 weeks. Let's keep reading. In verse 11... Thou shalt say, I will go up to the land of unwalled villages. I will go to them that are at rest, that dwell safely, all of them dwelling without walls. Without walls means in safety. And that's what it looks like Israel doing. They don't have walls to protect themselves like the ancients had, where they'd build a wall, build a castle, and they have a wall around it. They have a moat around it and a river running around it if they could. Here's what they're going to do this for. To take a spoil, to take a prey, talking about Israel, to take thine hand upon the desolate places that are now inhabited, and upon the people that are gathered out of the nations. What's that talking about? Israel was gathered out of all the nations of the world when they were declared a nation, May 14, 1948. When they, re, when they recaptured Jerusalem in the Six-Day War, June 5th through June 10th, June 5 through 10, 1967, that's when they took Jerusalem back. When that verse says in Luke 21 24, they, the Jews, shall fall by the edge of the sword, but will be led away captive into all nations into all nations. That's what this is saying right here. Those that have been, they're being regathered from the nations where they were scattered. What's happening in the news today is a picture and signs of the end of time. 
I believe it's just around the corner. I don't know if I'll see it in my lifetime, being in my early 80s, but I believe some of the young people are going to see it. There's no, there is no answer, no way out. You can't get out of this because the very next verse says so there, there'll be distress of nations with perplexity. Verse 25, there'll be signs in the sun and the moon and the stars and the only earth, distress of nations with perplexity. Aporia, there's no answer for the Taliban, A-P-O-R-I-A. There's no answer for that in the Middle East. No answer in a quandary. No way out. We're in for the duration, folks. Don't matter whether anybody likes it or not. But Jesus is going to show you what he's going to do. Upon the people that are gathered out of the nations. That's Israel. They're going to attack all these people right here. And you want to read about them, turn over to Genesis 10. And the sons of Japheth are, you know, start naming these guys. How much time do I have, Mike? 32. Let's turn over to Genesis 10 real quick. Genesis 10 is the table of nations. This is where the sons of Noah migrated to when they came out of the ark. Genesis 10. It's called Table of Nations. And these are the generations of the sons of Noah. This is where they went to when they came out of the ark and the mountains of Ararat. That's this chain of mountains. Sons of Noah, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And unto them were the sons born after the flood. And the sons of Japheth, Gomer, Oh, there it is, right above the Black Sea. And Magog, that was the son of Japheth. And Madai. See it right there? Right outside, that's a part of the best way to look at it is to look at it. Here's Madai. Oops. And it, if it was here, it'd be right up here in that area right there. Right in this area right here. That is where, that's where the Assyrians start and that's where the, uh, uh, the Kurds are supposed to come from. The Kurds they have a government, they have a king, but they don't have the boundary of land. So that's just about where the Kurds are. I, there was a Kurdish guy downtown, had a one of those uh, gyro sandwich places, and he was a Kurd, and I asked him where he's from. He said, he's from Kurd. I said, y'all have a government? He said, yes. I said, do you have boundary lines? He said, no, we live like nomads all over the northern area of of Iran so that would be these people here let's go back to where I was reading alright then Madai that would be 
northern Iran. Javan. I showed you that earlier. Javan. All these people are going to be against Israel. I don't see how people can even read this chapter uh, without without Javan would be part of these islands here over to Greece and and western Turkey right in here, Javan. That's all in Bible land. And then Javan and Tubal, we looked at that up there. In the, you can see Tubal up there. You see that? Tubal? It's Turkey. Or it's eastern Turkey. There's Tubal. You're not even going to know that without a map, are you? If you read this part of the Bible and nobody's ever showed you anything on maps, you'll think, well, this is all boring. I don't understand this. But if people show you, if some preacher like Jim Brown shows you that it's a place where all this hot spot's going on right now, building up, it's kind of scary, isn't it? Tubal and Meshach and Tiras. Meshach, right in the middle of Turkey. Meshach and Tiras, right up here. Western Turkey. And that's all the Arab peoples. The people that worship Allah. And then read a little bit more. Ashkenaz and Ripath and Togarma. I showed you Togarma. You can see it up there. It's Togarma is... The point is, all of this... Togarma. That's where... That's where... That's where Turkey and it's still in Turkey, but it's right here where it connects with Syria. That's Syria right there. All of those people are Arab people. And they say that the promise in the Koran went to Ishmael, not to Isaac. So they believe the Koran, they don't believe the Bible. And the sons of Javan, and it goes into all of these, and the isles of the Gentiles. Let's get back over here. I believe all this is going to happen at the end of the 70 weeks. Because it has never happened before where they were a confederacy come together to attack Israel altogether. Therefore I give, look at verse 10. Let me read 9. The wise men are ashamed. They are dismayed and taken. Lo, they have rejected the word of the Lord. It's talking about Israel. Huh? What did he say? I can't hear him. What chapter? What? What chapter? Oh, chapter 8, verse 9. The wise men of Israel are ashamed. Oh, I'm in, I don't know, I'm in the wrong book. Excuse me. I was, I got to get back to, let me get back to Ezekiel. Ezekiel, let's resume where we were. Verse 
my, I got the wrong chapter. Hold on a second. 38. I'm going from one to the other. 38, verse 12. They're going to come into Israel to take a spoil. You know what a spoil is when the pirate jumps the ship. He says, I mean, mateys, let's take a spoil. Let's take all their goods. To take a spoil, to take prey, to turn thine hand upon the desolate places. The desolate places is Israel. Upon the people that are gathered out of the nations. That's Israel. All through the Old Testament, the Bible will talk about, I'm going to scatter you into all the nations of the world. It says it over and over and over. And in the ninth chapter of Amos, the Bible says, when God brings Israel back and gathers them back, he'll never scatter them again. Whoever's coming against them is in trouble with God. And that dwell in the midst of the land, Sheba and Dedan. You're not going to know about Sheba and Dedan, are you? Down here in this area, Sheba, Dedan, it's down in this area here. I'm missing it somewhere. Sheba, right? Sheba. And Dedan, where here and somewhere, you have to study the map to see where they all are. That's simply saying all the Arab world is going to attack Israel that has been brought back from the nations where they have been scattered. That's where we talk about that when God scattered them because they went after Baal in the grove and all the sun and tree gods. He had Assyria come in and scatter them. And you can find that in the 17th chapter of Second Kings. He had, uh, excuse me, that yeah, it was Assyria. He had Babylon scatter southern Judah. That's in the 36th chapter of Second Chronicles. That's in the 25th chapter of Second Kings. And they, they're both pictures of the same thing. Sheba, Dedan, the merchants of Tarshish, with all the young lions, a young lion was a young fighting man. That's what, there was a movie called The Young Lions years ago in black and white. And it was about World War Two, and it had uh, Montgomery Cliff on the American side and, and Marlon Brando was a German officer. And they called him The Young Lions. Young lions thereof shall say unto thee, Art thou come to take a spoil? Hast thou gathered thy company? The company is all those people named in the first part of this, to take a prey, to carry away silver and gold, and take away cattle and goods, and take a great spoil. Therefore, son of man, prophesy and say unto Gog, the leader of all these people. What if I called him the man of sin? Thus saith the Lord God in that day when my people of Israel dwelleth safely, everything seems to be going fine. Shalt thou not know it? And thou shalt come from thy place. How are they going to come from their place? Because God's going to put it in their heart to do it. Thou shalt come from thy place out of the north parts, thou and many people with thee, who's he talking to? 
got to back up to the first part of the chapter. Persia, Ethiopia, Libna, and all their bands, Gomer and all his bands, Togarma and all of his people, all of these Arab people that surrounds Israel, all of them riding upon horses. What if I said in tanks? And all kind of military ordnance. Ordnance is all the supplies that you have in the military. A great company, a mighty army is coming against Israel. And thou shalt come up against my people of Israel. He's kind of laying it out here. As a cloud to cover the land. Because it's going to be Syria, Iran, Pakistan, Afghanistan, Iraq, Egypt, Ethiopia, Libya, and all the Arab people. You're going to come up like a cloud to cover the land, and it shall be in the latter days, at the end of time. I will bring thee against my land. God says, I'm going to put it in your heart to attack Israel. I don't believe they'll only attack Israel. I believe they'll attack the church. And I'll show you why in a minute. That the heathen may know me when I shall be sanctified in thee, O Gog, before their eyes. Now, you know who Gog is. That's the leader of all of them. That's the man of sin. Some people want to call him the Antichrist, but he has the official title, man of sin, son of perdition. Thus saith the Lord God, and he said, I'm going to bring you against my land so I can destroy you. Thus saith the Lord God, Art thou he of whom I have spoken in old time by my servants, the prophets of Israel, which prophesied in those days many years that I would bring thee against my people Israel? But watch what he does in this next verse. And it shall come to pass at the same time when Gog shall come against the land of Israel, said the Lord God, that my fury shall come up in my face. I'm going to get rid in the face when I attack you, and it'll be me. Boy, that sounds like Christ on that white horse of Revelation 19, doesn't it? When all this thing started happening with, we're not going to stop the terrorist. All the terrorists are, their their origination is in the Arab Brotherhood. And they're going to attack Israel. For in my jealousy and in the fire of my wrath have I spoken, surely... In that day there shall be a great shaking in the land of Israel. I guess so. God's going to do the shaking. This sounds like the battle of Armageddon it's describing. And it looks like it's beginning to wind up. So that the fishes of the sea and fowls of the heaven and beasts of the field and all creeping things that creep upon the earth and all the men that are upon the face of the earth shall shake at my presence. When you think you're tough, you're not very tough when it comes to the living God. And the mountains shall be thrown down. Mountains are capital cities. Remember that? 
they'll be thrown down. It don't mean Pike Speaks going God's gonna pick it up and throw it on the ground. <laughs> a mountain was the capital city. God called Babylon a destroying mountain, called it a proud mountain, and he said, I'm gonna burn that mountain. And the steep places shall fall, and every wall shall fall to the ground, and I will call for his sword against Gog. Throughout all of my mountains, saith the Lord God, every man's sword shall be against his brother, and I will plead against him with a pestilence, disease. Plead, rude, means to fight. R-U-W-B. I'm going to fight against my enemies with coronavirus, with AIDS, with Ebola, Ebola, with smallpox, with the flu virus of 1918, with the bubonic plague. He's been fighting against the world with that. I will put against them with pestilence, which means disease, with blood, and I will rain upon him, upon his bands, talking about Gog and Magog, and upon the many people that are with him, an overflowing rain, a great hailstone's fire and brimstone. Thus will I magnify myself and sanctify myself. I will be known in the eyes of many nations, and they shall know that I am the Lord. When my fury comes up in my face, when I get red in the face. Now go over here to Revelation 20. I believe Gog and Magog is more than just one literal land. You have Gog and Magog mentioned twice. You have it over here in Revelation 20. I can't explain this whole chapter. I, I love to teach on it. He's talking about the 2,000-year period where the Gentiles cannot be deceived. And at the end of the 2,000 years, which is going to be the end of time, when verse 7, when the 2,000 years are expired, I believe it's 2,000, and Satan shall be loosed out of his prison and shall go forth to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, is gathered together to battle. Oh, they're gathered together to do the battle of the 38th chapter of Ezekiel, right? Right. The number of whom is the sand of the sea because they're going to be all over that part of the world. And Gog and Magog went up on the breadth of the earth and campused the camp of the saints. That's the church. About in the beloved city. What is the beloved city? That's a form of agape. Agapatos. They're going to surround the church. The church is heavenly Jerusalem. Heavenly Jerusalem, the church of the firstborn. And fire came down 
from God out of heaven and devoured Gog and Magog. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. How much time do I have, Mike? I don't think I can cover more of this. But I went on through this and I told you that there was just 14 years between the two different first two people. There was nine years after the second person, 51 years after the next one, 200 years after the one after, 280 years, then 40 years, then five years, then two years, then 61 years. And these are all the people that ruled Israel. This is what the Bible's talking about. They shall fall by the edge of the sword. This is the sword that ruled them. I wish I had it on the board up here. I'm going to try to get... But it's all going to be consummated at the end. All of these people didn't attack Israel. Only, only Babylon attacked Israel in 586 B.C., they stayed under this sword for 2,600 years until May 14th, 1948. The end of time has got many pictures of it. The 38th chapter of Ezekiel is going to be Gog and Mag. That's one of the most descriptive, but there's no way to understand it without a map. You can't understand that if you don't know who Javin is and if you don't know who Madai is, you don't know who Meshach and Tubal is. You're not going to know. But it's right there in the middle of the Middle East. It's like I said, y'all want one of those maps? I'll give it to you. I've got... I've got several made up, and I'll make up a hundred and give you all one of these. There's one other thing I want to read to you. This is out of a book. It's called Israel at 40. And this gives you the last four great wars, starting with the war of independence. The War of Independence, May 14, 1948. In 1920, there was a declaration issued to Israel. It was issued concerning the Middle East. And it was called the Balfour Declaration. Arthur Balfour, A-R-T-H-U-R. Balfour, he was a he was of Great Britain, and since it was the British that conquered, that came in and took possession of Israel. He came in in nineteen. 17 
and possessed the land of Israel. Israel had been under the rule of the Turkish, the Ottoman Turks. This is an empire. Let me write it down. They're under the rule of the Ottoman Turks. From 1517 till 1917, 400 years, the Arab people had possessed the land. Possessed the land. So, and over 90% of the people that lived in what they call Palestine. Israel was called Palestine until May 14, 1948. When I was a little kid in the first and second grade, I'm talking about 1945, 46, when we had any kind of social studies or history in our books, it would show Israel, but it wouldn't say Israel, it would say Palestine. And because the people that lived in it were Palestinians and Arab descent. So since they had owned that, and over 90% of the people that lived there were Arab people, can you see how they believed that they owned the land? They believed that possession was nine points of the law. And in our society it is. However... And they believed that that Ishmael got the promise of God and not Isaac. And the Bible says in Genesis, the 15th chapter, God tells Abraham, I'm going to give you a land. In the 17th chapter, he changes Abram to Abraham, which means father of many nations. And he gives Abraham the land and he promises the land to Isaac in that same chapter and Isaac is not even born yet. He's not born till the 21st chapter. He names him by name. and says he gets the land and then he gives the land gives the land to Jacob and the 28th chapter then Jacob goes over to the land of Haran or Babylon to get a running from his running from his brother uh, Esau because he stole his birthright and that was all in the plan of God boy how you figure that out and then when he's coming back 20 years later his name is changed to Israel so the land belongs to Israel, but the Arabs believe it belonged to them. So when this Balfour Declaration, which is a little short declaration, I'll bring it and read it one week, just a little short declaration, it looks like it can be interpreted any number of ways. Oh, this is in favor of the Arabs. This is in favor of Israel. And simply because they fought all along, they fought constantly, after that, in 1920, 
the Balfour Declaration was issued. The Arabs thought it was in their favor. The Jews thought it was in their favor. And because Harry Truman, our president, he was very gutsy because 6,000 Jews, 6 million Jews were slaughtered by the Nazis during World War II. Truman pressured the whole world, especially the National Council at Tel Aviv, to declare Israel a nation for the first time in 2,600 years. And that's why the, he threatened to sanction. Sanction means to blockade every port in the world that would not vote Israel a nation. The only people that didn't vote for him to be a nation was the Arab nations. Everybody else voted for it. So Harry Truman is considered a hero in Israel. I don't know if it's because he's a Baptist from Independence of Missouri or what, but evidently he had heard something about Israel and knew something about it, and he put the pressure on the world. They named their kids after Harry Truman in Israel. So you get to the end, and when you get down here, you got the first war is the war of independence. Then you had 1957. 57. You had the Sinai War. And then you get up to 1967. You have the Six-Day War, June 5th through June 10th. And that war is the one that took Jerusalem back and fulfilled Luke 21 24. They'll fall by the edge of the sword, and Jerusalem will be trodden down to the Gentiles until the time of the Gentile rulers fulfilled. They went in and threw the Jordanians out of Jerusalem. And they had possession of Jerusalem for the first time since they were carried away in 586 BC. And they've been under the rule of all these nations. It's just. How could all of this have happened if God wasn't in charge of it? And every one of these wars, they were totally outnumbered. 1973, the Yom Kippur War. And they were so totally outnumbered by all of these things. This colonel that we know that comes here from time to time, he's not very well now, but he was in this 67 war. He can tell you some really hairy things about that. He was in this Yom Kippur war. And he said, we would look like, Israel looked like it's going to lose it, but they got the aid. This is can you see how that 38th chapter Ezekiel ties right in with the 70 weeks of Daniel? I'm going to go through the 70 weeks next, this coming Saturday. The 70th week has to be end with that Armageddon, with that war of all this conglomerate of nations attacking Israel in the 38th chapter of Ezekiel. 
This is going on in the world right now. And I have looked at this and it seems very elementary to me. It just shows. This is one picture. It's about God coming to Abraham. Say, I'm going to give you a land. But you've got to obey me all the time you possess the land. And when he's long dead and they come into the land of Israel and they go after all these other gods, Baal and the Grove. The thing is, Baal and the Grove is the same thing that Constantine brought in the church and renamed Christ Mass. And I'll tell you a funny thing. The Hallmark Channel is supposed to be a real clean channel. Y'all know that? The Hallmark Channel. No cussing, no sexual things in it. But about every other night, they've got Christmas in July. And they've got all these Christmas. And they don't know that what they're putting on there is more wicked than all the sexual scenes that's on any of these other movies. It's just funny to me. They're always advertising Christmas at the beach. A Christmas before Christmas. Many of y'all ever see the Hallmark Channel? You ever see it? Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen it? But I've not seen the Christmas. Well, if, if, you got, if you got cable, the Hallmark Channel has got three channels. And they've got Christmas things on there constantly. Christmas in July, Christmas in September, Christmas before December, and they their love affairs with some guy and some girl, and it's not explicit or anything, it's not sexual, it's just, but I'm thinking, you don't even know you're putting that Christmas in there, and that's the reason for this thing that's going on in the Middle East. To me, it's comical to look at what the world thinks is clean. I'm out of time. I could keep going with this and go all the way through the 70 weeks of Daniel. I'm going to read these four four wars next time. The four wars are just unbelievable how Israel was outnumbered. I'm not saying that makes them a candidate for heaven. I'm not saying that at all. If they ever come to belief, I believe there must be a a remnant there. It must be if God has saved them through all these wars that they were totally outnumbered. Well, let's pray. Father, we thank you for truth. I don't know quite know what to say to all these things, Lord, that you let me see it through a lifetime of studies. I believe I'm seeing it, Lord, and if I'm not, correct me. I pray that you'll strengthen the flock, those watching on the TV, those around the world that are watching us and connecting with us. Fight our battles, Lord, there's so much out there. And we'll praise you for everything and glorify you for everything you do and forgive us of our sin. In Christ's name we pray, amen. I hope I can get this all tied together.